Alrighty, everybody, we are back with the Foul Ball Podcast, presented by the one and only Foul Ball Podcast. Correct. I mean, there are so many great things we can talk about, and I don't know where to start, but I guess I have to start somewhere, right? And so, let's just say, after the last four games, I basically lost my voice by the end of the night last night, and so I am still recovering from that, so... I know I do sound icky when I speak, but you know what? It's okay. I'm fine. We will get through it, and it's worth it, at least for a little while anyway. And so without further ado, another first thing that I want to mention is that we've won basically the last four out of five games, four of the wins being a sweep against Seattle, and of course, you know, we beat... Houston in the game, lost the second game, and then won the third game, right? So that's the first out of five games, and then we won the next four, so four out of five. Nice job. We can all do math, yes. And so that's the big thing to mention, right, is that we won the last four out of five games, and we swept Seattle four games. So that's, I mean, a great way to end off the homestand at Fenway because, as we all know, we've basically had – a large homestand at Fenway Park, which don't get me wrong, was great. It was a ton of fun being at Fenway, but you know, at the beginning of it, there were a lot of question marks in terms of what are the Red Sox going to look like in a week from now? What's going to happen? Are they going to get even remotely close to that 500 mark? Are they going to be good? Are they going to be okay? Right, and there's a lot of other questions we can ask, and I'm sure there's a lot of other questions that you have asked, I have asked, I've talked with a lot of folks personally that have asked me a ton of questions, and there were just a lot of unknowns, and I told everybody, right, I'm like, hey, let's see what the homestand provides for each and every single one of us, let's see what we can conclude at the end of the week in terms of what what are we able to, or what are we able to, what are we able to do, right? There's just so many things, right? And this homestand really, I think, gave a lot of answers to a lot of those questions. And even last night after the game, some folks have asked, you know, some of the same questions that they asked me at the beginning of the week. And, you know, I I answered them. But at the same time, I kind of told them, I'm like, hey, you know, if you watch the homestand at all, you would have gotten that answer almost immediately. And they're like, oh, you know, I didn't really watch any of the games. I'm like, that's why you kind of need to pay attention, right? But without further ado, I mean, <clears throat> this series against Seattle, that was a huge, huge confidence booster. I mean, a lot of awesome things just happened that needed to happen. And... Like we are just saying at the beginning of this, there were a lot of worried people out there, you know, about, they were worried about the state of the Red Sox team, right? We all know that the Red Sox has a high caliber team. They have a lot of great guys on the roster, but they just haven't been doing anything. They have the power. They have the ability to really, really succeed. But that success just has been an extremely slow start. And we all knew, right, that once that success, once that ability to really play really came full circle, 
we knew it was just going to be win after win after win. And I think that turnaround is really starting to happen right now. And that's the really the turnaround that we need. And so now we've won four games in a row. And, you know, we're heading off to a new series starting on Tuesday. And we really need that continued success. Yeah, we might win. No, sorry. We might lose a game here or there, right? That's obviously understandable. But as long as the wins outweigh the losses, then that's extremely fine. Right now, the big thing, too, right, that we need to keep in track of is the rest of the American League East, right? We need the Yankees to lose. We need the um, Blue Jays to lose. And we need the Rays to lose because I'm pretty sure the Red, the Yankees are in first. Blue Jays are in second, and Toronto's in third, and then there we are in fourth, and then the Brown, Toronto, not Toronto, the Baltimore Orioles, rather, are taking their usual spot in the bottom fifth spot in the AL East, and so <clears throat> that'll be the big thing going forward, is hoping that everybody else in our division just rakes up all the losses while we break up all the wins and that way you know we'll get catapulted into that front spot and I really think it's going to happen right we're getting to that point where we've been playing games for was it I can't believe I'm going to say this but it's basically almost been two months and teams are starting to get tired right I mean yeah the Yankees are at first place right with a 29 and 12 record and it looks like they lost last night, which is huge. They lost against, I believe, the Chicago White Sox, if I remember that correctly. And that is like a huge loss right there. So, like I said, uh, right now, the Yankees are at a 29-12 record. They lost last night, like I just said, which is good. Um, and then right behind them at 24-17 and 17 are the Tampa Bay Rays, five games behind them. Third place is the Toronto Blue Jays at a 22-19 and 19 record, rather. Seven games behind first place. And then there we are at a 19-22 and 22 record, 10 games behind first place. Okay, something really, really critical to mention before we get in the series against Seattle is that we are 8-2 over the last 10 games, and we have a .463 percentage win rate. Okay, so, I mean, the last 10 games, we have been performing the way we needed to, and potentially even more so than we've been needing to. And so, I'm telling you, like, I'm sure the front office staff has to be extremely excited. So, I know, even on their end, they've been a little frustrated the first, you know, month or so of this season, just because it has been that slow start. But I've even seen it the last week and a half. The amount of excitement they have is very, very evident, which is what we all want to see. And so, like I said, ten games behind behind first put, ten games behind first place, eight and two the last ten games, a nineteen and twenty two record, and it's nice to see that the Yankees are lost, right? And that's as we we're just saying, that's what we need to have happen. So let's dive in to. The series against Seattle. I mean, <laughs> I know that's going to be the exciting part for sure. And trust me, there were a lot of very exciting moments that had happened 
over the course of the series. So, of course, the day I took off on Thursday, we won 12-6 to against the Mariners. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the game started off pretty slow, right, man? Pretty, just not good at all. So, top of the second inning, they scored four runs. We scored two. And then, bottom of the third inning, we decided to tie it up, which is good. Zero, the fourth, the fifth inning, uh, no runs are scored on either side. Sixth inning, um, they, the Seattle managers did not score a single thing. And then the sixth, bottom of the sixth inning, we scored two runs. Bottom of the seventh inning, we scored three. Top of the eighth inning, they scored a run. Bottom of the eighth inning, we scored three. Top of the inning, for the ninth inning, they scored a run. And we didn't bat at the bottom of the ninth because at that point, we had won 12 to 6. And so at that point, our record was 16 and 22. And so what's crazy for that game was that, like I just said, we won 12 to 6. We had 12 runs. They had 6, obviously. And then we had 16 hits. They had 10 hits. And they also had an error on the side of the Mariners. And so. If you look at the Red Sox batting order, you know, it's Hernandez, Devers, Martinez, Bogarts, Verdugo, Story, Dahlbeck, Vasquez, and Jackie Bradley Jr. And, I mean, they essentially all did something at the plate, which is good, obviously. Um, for pitching staff-wise, we had a lot of pitching stuff going on. So, um, you know, we had... Rich Hill on the mound for two innings. We had Hauk on the mound for four innings. Schreiber we had on for an inning. Sawamara we had on for 0.1 innings. Strom we had on for 0.2 innings. And Ryan Brazier for one inning. I mean, yeah, we have a big bullpen. Yeah, we have a lot of guys in it. But, I mean, after we have guys going deep in the game and we're starting to get used to seeing that seeing our starter pitcher go for two innings was just not good I mean it's kind of like um Yavaldi going only a couple innings on Tuesday night against Houston and as we all remember Tuesday night against Houston you know is when we gave up nine runs across home plate I think at least five of those being home runs I mean, that's just not good, right? And so that's something we can – I mean, it still worked out in our favor, right? We still utilized guys in the bullpen. We still won by a good margin. But yet again, when I see these numbers in a bullpen, that's a little scary to me. But like I said, we won the game. No harm, no foul. Let up six runs still. Still used a lot of guys. But it would be nice to keep that noted be very 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 nice to refer to that going forward and seeing how we can change that and make that nicer so that way in case of a different scenario where we really need to shake things up a little bit we have guys ready to throw and ready to throw at the best form that they can be at and so next game let's go to next game because that was the game on thursday night friday night we won the game seven to three, and I mean, yeah, again, 
We scored four runs in the bottom of the four, uh, third inning. And then they scored two runs in the, pot, in the top of the fifth. Then they scored another one in the top of the eighth. And then we scored another three in the bottom of the eighth. And then a big bag of nothing in the ninth inning. So that all adds up to 7-3 to three. us. We had eight hits. Seattle had five hits. And we had one error. Okay, and the order for that night, which was, again, Friday night on the 20th, the lineup was Hernandez, Devers, Martinez, Bogarts, Cordero, Story, Arroyo, Bradley Jr., Verdugo, Dahlback, and Vasquez. All right, and pitching-wise, we had Michael Waka starting for us, and he pitched for 4.2 innings. Davis pitched for 1.1 innings. Diekman pitched for one inning. Schreiber pitched for one. And Michael Strom pitched for one inning. So, I mean, it was a little bit better than the other night, right? Or I should say, rather the night before. Um, yeah, they all had strikeouts except for Strom, which is fine. Um, yeah, Waka had three strikeouts. Davis had two. Diekman had two. And Schreiber had two. So, I mean... The majority of the folks that we had on the mound that night had something to talk about, which is what we want. Um, and we had another, like a pitcher less or two than the night prior. So that's right there, the, like the progress that I wanted, right? That's something that I think they looked at, and even Cora and some of the folks, I think more towards our front office said, and we're like, hey, look, let's shake it up a little bit, right? Um so, you know, like I said, keeping guys rested, keeping guys in check and in tune, and ensuring that everybody's healthy. Because, yeah, we want success now and for the rest of the season, but the most important part is once we get into the playoffs, that we go all hands on deck and making sure every single person on our staff is a healthy member on our staff. So that way we can go deep in the playoffs and win the World Series, right? So it's all strategy at this point from here on in in terms of what do you do, how do you do it, and when do you do it? And so overall, you know, pretty happy looking at the game on Thursday uh, and Friday for that for that matter. I mean, I've got a couple of big question marks, I think, still from talking between those two games. But, I mean, nothing out of – the box that's really, I think, sketchy or scary. I mean, yeah, I know we've had, we've had a, quite a few losses that way, but the big thing here is the offense made up for the losses, right? I mean, defense was fairly shut. I mean, we only let up three runs. I mean, three runs can be scary depending on what kind of situa- situation you're in. But, again, the bats came in when the bats needed to, which is what we've been waiting for, I think, all along because, obviously, the defensive side can't do everything all the time. And so the defense did what they needed to do. The offense, it was like ding-dong city, right? It was run after run after run after run. I mean, that's the way Thursday night was. Friday night, we had four runs at the bottom of the third and then another three at the bottom of the eighth. And so, yeah, it was a little dispersed, but... We did what we needed to do. So we will move on to the game Saturday. Saturday's game was a 4-10 first pitch. And that was 
an intense game, right? If you were watching it, if whether at Fenway Park or on television, you would tell like it started off interestingly, right? Um, <clears throat> we were already down four nothing in the bottom of the first inning, right? They scored. Seattle scored four runs right away. I know that game. I was over on the third base side and. At the top of the second inning, I looked at the scoreboard. I was like, oh, no. We're already down, right? And I had friends there that game. We were all hanging out, chit-chatting. And we were just kept looking at each other like, what is going on? Like, I'm so sorry you guys came. Like, this is just not looking good. Not looking good at all. And so we go into the third inning. They made it 5 Zero at the top of the third. Bottom of the third, we made it 5-1 because it scored. But we had, I mean, an immense fifth inning. Because we went through the fourth inning, 5-1. Okay, then we went to the fifth inning, tied it all up, right? At that point, still 5-1. Went to the bottom of the fifth. Went to 5-5, right? We scored four runs, tied it all up. Went to the bottom of the eighth, got another run, boom, one, six, five. Right, we had 11 hits. They, they, they referring to Seattle, had 12, but our offense side made it a little more productive in a sense. Yeah, less hits. By the end of the day, more runs came across home plate. And so, like I said, we won six, five after essentially a nail biter because. I remember that game, it was just, it was a fairly quick game, but it was just intensive, just asking yourself, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are we going to win? And, you know, in the fifth inning, when we tied the game, we are like, oh no, is it going to go into extra innings, right? Because I know a lot of folks that game were especially focused on going into the north end of Austin for the Celtics game. So... I know a lot of folks were focused on that, but at the same time, we all were saying, like, hey, imagine if the Red Sox and the Celtics won great games on the same night. And the Red Sox fulfilled their end of the deal, which is awesome, but unfortunately, the Celtics lost at home against the Heat that night, but we won't talk about that until a later date. And so, great game overall. My folks and I that I was there with were able to go on the field afterwards, which was awesome. And so, the game... Of the century, well, at least of the week, that I think we need to talk about and put a lot of stress on right here and right now. Because, well, like I said, it was a four-game series. And they saved, I think, the best game for last. Which I think was the best thing to do. Because I was right behind home plate for this game. And... As we all know, yesterday, Sunday, was an extremely hot day. Sunday was really hot. It had to be at least 80 degrees in the shade. And I was lucky enough to have a little bit of a breeze. But I know the folks that were in the sun, especially those who were out towards the bleacher seats, who had the sun literally the entirety of the game, were were not – it was just not good, right? I know the medical team had to take care of a lot of people, especially a lot of folks who had fainted. And by the end of the game, those bleacher seats were essentially almost empty. And so for the folks who stayed, for the folks who worked those sections, hats off to you all because 
sitting out there in the hot weather, the humid weather, that hot sun for the entire game was <laughs> definitely not easy by any means whatsoever. So kudos to you all for being like true fans for yeah, you are all like the Fenway faithfuls. And so I mean, we were looking really good for the entire game. We were winning the entire game, right? Because we scored one this bottom of the second, we scored one the bottom of the third. Okay, the right there is 2-0. And that actually as we progress in the game, right? Nathan Yavaldi actually looked really good. It was a big difference from that Tuesday night game that he had pitched. Remember, as we were just talking about a little while ago, how he kind of gave up nine runs in the top of the second inning against the Astros? Yeah, that was a big difference. And it was a good difference in the right direction. So, you know, we, although he gave up two runs in the top of the sixth inning, we bounced back in the bottom of the sixth inning, and we were still winning 3-2. So, I mean... Like, yeah, we were ahead. Like, Yavaldi, yeah, we gave up two runs. But, like, if you put things into perspective, that's not really that bad at all. Right? And especially for that game when our offense responded to it immediately in the bottom of that inning to make it all work out. So, I mean, hats off to Nathan Yavaldi too, for being able to take that nightmarish game. I mean, honestly, I was watching that game at Fenway Wright. And the person, the one and only person that I did not want to be that Tuesday night game was unfortunately Nathan Yavaldi because that was just literally everything that could go wrong went wrong plus some. That was, like I said, a nightmare and a half. It was just absolutely scary. And so projecting forward a few innings right we're still ahead three two it was literally right towards the end of the game we already had an out or two everybody was wrapping up to go home and then we let up a home run to tie it we tied the game with an out left and we were all standing there just in shock right it was a long home stand it was a great home stand very successful. We were all ready to go home, get out of the heat and cool off and rest up. And we're excited for the sweep. And then they just tied it and chattered it and ruined it. And so they tied it three to three. We went into the top of the 10th inning, extra innings. And then they, uh, Seattle scored another run, right? Because we still have the rule in place, which I like, where you know, they ha you have the automatic base runner on second base, you know, when you're in extra innings. And so they had a run score in. Um, and then we were able to leave a few of their runners stranded on the base, which is good in the sense that it could have been a lot worse, right, in terms of the score. And we only kept one run from crossing a whole plate. So in perspective, like I said, that was good. But on that retrospect, yeah, it would have been awesome if that run never really came in because it would have saved, saved a little bit of time on the back end. But that's neither here nor there because we started, you know, getting runs in. And then we – it was good because when we went up to bat, we had another runner come across um, the bag to help tie the game. So we tied the game in the bottom of the 10th inning 
to make it, you know, four to four. And then, you know, to set this stage up, because I'm going to, I'm going to show you what happened, right? So set the stage up. Frenchy Cordero goes up to, you know, bat with two outs. And, you know, we always, we had bases loaded, right? So two outs, bases loaded. There was a wacky play that just had just happened, you know, the batter before that. And even before that, we had reviewed a play at home play because it was pretty evident that his foot had reached the bag before he was called out. But the point that was made too, right, by one of the folks I was with was that what if his foot was just over the bag, right? What if it actually was not touching him? And so they reviewed the play, and there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the call from out to safe. So that was our second out was a reviewed call at home plate. The umpires officially called it out. And so, like I said, bases loaded, two outs. We can't really get, you know, on a sacrifice fly outs or the outfield. So we essentially need a base hit, right? We need a base hit in order to win with the bases loaded. And we did not want to leave bases loaded again because that would have been the second time that game that we would have had bases loaded. And then, you know, would have, we wouldn't have done anything with it for a second time, which would have not been fun by any means. <laughs> and so... Cordero gets up to bat. Like I said, two outs, bases loaded, strike one, strike two, and then this happens. They lead all the way around, and the 0-2 pitch. High Go. ball, right Go. field. Go! Back, back, back! Yes! The Red Sox win it! I mean, if that's not an intense way of winning it, I don't really know what is. Because like I said, two outs, two strikes, bottom of the ninth inning, need a base hit. And Franchi Cordero and turns out to be the hero of the game where he was like, you know what? The heck with it. Let's just get a grand slam and have everybody celebrate with me. So that's the Seattle series. Like I said, the last four out of five games have been won. We got to sweep Seattle. So it was good to bring out the brooms last night, and let's see how the next few series turns out. So without further ado, we'll talk to you all at the end of the next series. And until then, let's go Red Sox, and let's go to the Foul Ball Podcasts.